Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's that time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. Game one is in the books, Boxhead, and no surprise, Queensland at Suncorp Stadium, they dug it out, they found something in the second half, and they came home over the top of the New South Wales Blues. I reckon there would be a few surprised. A few uh, surprised? Well, there'd be a lot of people surprised, because not many people tip Queensland. I get what you say in that sense, but uh, I said New South Wales by four, but you know, no surprise if Queensland were to win, talking about what we said at the end, it's such an even game, and... That home ground, we've been there a few times. It makes a hell of a difference. Massive difference. But, yeah, yeah I, I'd never agreed with, I think, in the lead into the game, I saw a few people saying they could feel a blowout coming for New South Wales. I don't think you're ever going to really see a blowout up there, not in this current day, that's for sure. No. And not with the current sides. But from the preview, uh, some things came to fruition, some things didn't, as always. When you preview on it, you're breaking down different aspects. I think one thing straight away that occurred to me was the flip in back rows. Matt Gillette playing on the opposite side of the field. To help out defensively, I guess, against Latrell Mitchell and the threat they were wondering on the left-hand side and the better attacking back rower in Felice Cafusi paired up with his club teammate, Cameron Munster. Yeah. But... Yeah, well, so I thought it was smart. Definitely. Definitely smart. 18-14, final score. Uh, a tale of two halves somewhat. A half in the first that was very, very closely contested and the second half that was one-way traffic, in all honesty. First half, we'll break it down the way we always do, kind of going chronologically. Uh, I think... End-to-end, bit set-for-set early on, just feeling each other out as you always expect in that arena. New South Wales probably uh, a little bit worse off as far as territory and possession. Early to start the game, Queensland bringing plenty of energy and probably the one thing that was letting them out was the kicking game. DC didn't land a couple of kicks that well. They didn't get the chase down there. I think the set starts from Adokar in particular and Tedesco set us on the front foot and... Thought that our middles did a pretty good job early doors, especially yeah, did, Clammer. Yeah. Well, for the first that first ten and a half minutes, it, there was no stoppage, which was it was great to watch. There was a few instances there where they could have given a penalty. I'm glad they didn't. They allowed the game to flow, uh, and I thought that that period ebbed and flowed. But I thought in the end, New South Wales won that period. Uh, I'd agree with you there. And from there, New South Wales gained some ascendancy and. You know, we're going to go into it, but I, I don't think they banked enough currency no. for the field position and possession that they had. No, and I'd agree with you there. After feeling each other, as you're saying, up that back and forth, 11 minutes non-stop, uh, they started to gain the edge off Cook and Tedesco, as we somewhat spoke about, that everything was realistically probably going to come from the middle of the field. We knew that they were going to be looking for a quick ruck. Damien Cook was absolutely outstanding. Tedesco was devastating, but he had a few critical errors, especially in the second half, that really didn't help out. But overall, still ran for well, 260 Cook, Cook was great while he had the platform to be great. Yeah, and the second half, clearly that wasn't there. But sticking with the first half side of things, as you're talking about, we got ourselves upfield. 
couple opportunities we didn't take. Uh, I guess there was Cook going through and Tedesco was kind of late on a push when he offloaded to him. There was a chance on a left that hand. a few times. Yeah, there was a chance on the left-hand edge. Didn't quite come off. Uh, they went there. Latrell Mitchell shut down. There wasn't a whole lot kind of cooking and we got the penalty. No surprise after 11 minutes flat chat, we took the penalty goal. But Queensland, I guess, surprisingly for me, uh, as far as the New South Wales attack was concerned, it looked like we were going after the right-hand side more so than the left. And they went after Morgan, it seemed, and Munster and that combination over there. Morgan, only one spot out further than usual from where he plays in the halves, but they definitely looked to get at him a fair bit. Yeah, they did, and rightfully so, because Josh Morris, he's not moving as well as what he has, you know, since the earlier part of his career, or he's not moving as well and as elusively as he was when he was younger. But he uh, he gave Michael Morgan some real trouble defensively there, and that's where the first try came to fruition. Um, and you're right. If you were going to bet money, you would have had it all on uh, the Latrell Mitchell side of the field being the dominant side and the side that we wanted to get the ball to. And But it just it really, really never, um, I guess, eventuated for New South Wales, did it? And well, I think it's... Queensland did a good job there. Like I think Chambers and Gagai uh, disrupted them and... Uh, you know, niggled away. Uh, I think they both got probably rattled a little bit, uh, Adokar and, and Mitchell, by their defence. I, I thought their defence, they weren't on the same page defensively. Cherry Evans picked him out a couple of times with some good passes, and I really think that affected their confidence. Latrell Mitchell, just body language, never looked really in the game. Well, I was going to say, I, I think we all know the incident that apparently occurred during the week, and whether it's true or untrue, as they denied the claims. If that was not supposed to put him off, I think it was very clear last night that he was anywhere but the football. Um, I'm not putting it solely down to that. There's obviously been other no, stuff going on the last few weeks. Talk about his manager, talk that he's possibly carrying an injury. No excuses for him, but as a New South Welshman, he was awful. He, he was not present at all. Um, zero impact on that game, but a be, negative one, unfortunately, where he got himself put in the bit. Yeah, he was supposed to be in our top three players. He was in our bottom three. Well, it was taught a couple of weeks ago he's the best player in the NRL, which Not a chance. to be a centre is a crazy thing and hasn't done it for a consistent and long enough period of it time. It wasn't talk on this podcast. No, nah, I'm just talking about general media, which is insane. But mm. um, they definitely got found out there. I think a lot of people critical of Cody Walker laying the boot in straight away. I think defensively he did his job, uh, as always. He's not like the best defender as far as physicality is concerned, but like we talked about Maloney. Maloney misses tackles as well. I think he done his job. He put his body in front. Cordner um, and him kind of worked pretty well together. Cordner jumped out of the line a few times, but that, as you said, the centre wing pairing, they're on a completely different planet to one another. I think that whole edge was. Latrell Mitchell was tucked into almost Boyd Cordner's back pocket, hips turned in, constantly looking to rush in, and he was almost on the same man. Addo Carr yeah, was, was off the end. Addo Carr was tucking in after play three or four, leaving all that space. And then once they got through a couple of times with numbers, he was backpedaling. Have to give him some credit. He did save two tries when they got through both times. He recovered quite well, but we probably never should have been in that position. And I thought last year they actually worked quite well together, but uh, last night, completely different story. Absolutely, yeah. It was disappointing. One thing to highlight, Adokar and Mitchell, in terms of structure, were off. We, We won't argue that. But Boyd Cordner, the amount of times he tackles around the legs and allows a player to land on their front, I think that's understated. And the impact that then has on a set, yeah. particularly if you don't get rewarded on a for kick return, tackles. a lot of times players, Queensland players were coming down on kick return, going to corner, he'd tackle them around the legs, they'd land on their front. A New South Wales would player would jump in, try and save it, 
and we never got ruck momentum back for that set. We just lose that momentum. They'd roll down the field, particularly in the second half. That was happening a lot. Um, yeah, you got you got to take Cordner for what he is. Like that is boy Cordner, but it's great just, player. He is, but you know, having Walker around him, who's you know strong. He's he's not a noted defender. No, nah. Mitchell's aggressive, but he's not effective. And then you've, you've got Adokar who's off the end. They didn't get a lot of help from the inside either, particularly once we made some substitutions which made zero sense and we lost our size in the middle of the field, mm. which really suited what Queensland wanted to do on the be- off the bench. So uh, I thought Queensland early were there ready to be had. It was 8-0 and I thought, well, New South Wales score here and go to 14-0. That's when a little bit of panic set in. But New South Wales never got over that 8-0 hump until late, until they were actually behind. So I think the period from where New South Wales led 8-0 to the, to the period where it went 8-6 was the most significant in the game for New South Wales in particular because one more try there, and I really do believe that it's a different game. Well, the thing is, on the back of that 8-0 that we're talking about, we did get yeah, we had field again. We had an offload. Cook went through again. And then they had a nice outlet pass for Tedesco, who was almost over. And Daly Cherry Evans come up with an absolute That was a curl. belter. He rolled him over, got the ball. <clears throat> there was another one later in the half. I can't remember quite who. I think it was Cook again went through. And then we just wasted a play. We went to the left, and they banged in a back row, and we had to play five with a couple of... The other thing was the kicking game. Mm. Damien Cook, I know he's adding that to his game, and it's on the halves to call for the ball, I guess. But he put in a couple of grubbers that... They weren't bad kicks, but they didn't force repeat sets. They got them one metre out. And the big critical point on top of that, and I was talking to you just before, having a quick fast-forward look through it again today, our set-start defence was terrible. Like We'd pinned them down there a few times, and every single time we looked like we were going to get on top. There was an outlet pass two times that went down that edge that was so poor that we're talking about, where DC threw outlet passes and they made a 50-metre break. Gagai off one of them had to be chased down by Payne Haas. There was one where we had three or four plays and they just shifted across the face, 10 metres out in Munster. Yeah. Went 20 or so metres. Uh, there was the unlucky one where we'd pinned them late in the half and Kotrick came in and I thought made a fair tackle, but we all know that rule. If they're passing, it touches, they get six again. Off the back of that, Munster makes that dazzling run where he skips across the front there and beats Cook, Cody, and Boyd Corner, as you were talking about, was like five metres standing out the line that left a massive seam. Well, he, went up, he went up way past the ball. Oh, he was well past the ball. I didn't think that the defence holding... Helped out a lot. Our line speed. We were very passive in that regard, which gave up three meters, which I didn't understand. But we're not on the same page. How is Cordner so far up the field? The man inside him so far back, and the man outside him is, is sort of halfway in between where Cordner and the inside man was. Mm. It was messy. I think the big thing I took out of the first half, getting to eight nil, was that we defended gluts of possession. Yeah, we did. They saved well. They saved those couple of trials, like we said. They're an absolute rabble on that edge with Latrell and Adokar in particular. They got torn apart by Cherry Evans, who threw a couple of nice passes. Munster drifted over there. Uh, I thought they did a pretty good job. Also, first half on Ponga. He wasn't as effective, say, first half. But, yeah, there was three or four sets twice. There was in the middle of the game there where they had the Napa no try that come off the posts. People are still arguing whether they think that's a try or a no try. I think you can argue till you're blue in your face. Again, it's one of those ones no one's ever going to agree on, but... I thought he knocked it on. You thought he knocked it on. Uh, oh, he knocked it on, please. Anyone arguing that point, you're kidding yourself. Yeah. I knocked it on. They were a little bit clunky at that point in time, but they still kept going And, and right. you could tell by Napa's body language. He put his head down and he was shaking his head. Like, he knew he dropped it. Yeah. Munster, half chance, cuts back in, beats three or four, almost forced himself over the line as well. Chambers down that edge, I think Luttrell. Uh, we defended three sets in a row, then he was caught offside inside the 10, which is cardinal sin. Mm. And then... 
you know, that break late in the half that we're talking about where Munster had slid through and Gagai, uh, they touched the ball and gave him... Oh, sorry, they threw the offload, I think, got it back, and it was last tackle. Either that or that was the first one. I can't remember. But regardless, they went straight from that right-hand corner when Adokar saved that to the left-hand corner and Corey Oates put his foot out just. Yeah. So we had multiple shots fired by Queensland in the first half. There was another one there where they threw the forward pass um, where there was a tri-saving tackle made. Yeah, two in the same... Dodged plenty of bullets. Two in the same spot, the Oates foot, the NARP one. So it's about four opportunities. With that being said, though, they definitely look better in attack and their halves took more control. They were a lot more cohesive. Munster was allowed to run wild and free. Ponga chipping in definitely helped. Daly Cherevans was pretty good at management. Benny Hunt's service was ordinary. Uh, a few times fine in the deck, but I thought he did a good enough job ruck manipulating and obviously came up with that massive 40-20 late in the half, which put him down there, which was a great kick. And They definitely tested him early defensively, and I thought he held, on, held his own. No, he did. He, but, he played well. There was a few passes that obviously hit the deck, but yeah, I think, outside of that, he's good. Going into halftime, I'm sitting there looking at going back and forth earlier, but New South Wales, they rolled the ruck. Cook and Tedesco were flowing through. They had some opportunities. Like you said, probably should have taken more. Uh, the left side was basically a non-factor. We didn't really send to attack there. We aimed more towards the middle, and a lot of the ball went right to Nathan, where yeah. we tried to link up with Tedesco and obviously get at that newer edge that they'd put together rather than the left edge that uh, you know has obviously played some football together. I thought our bench, as you said, like with the interchanges, when Murray came on, I thought he was really good late in the half. Got a couple of quick play the balls and offload, got Cook rolling again. But other than that, you know, Crichton, he came on, did his job. He was safe. But I I, I was a bit wigged, and we'll talk about that, I guess, with the second half as far as uh, the minutes and the use of the bench. But for Queensland, I thought their middle was okay. They held their own, but they were pretty much contained. But their big difference in the first half is, like I said, their outside backs. Every time we seemed to have them pinned or looked like we had them in their own half, they found a way out. And their halves as well, linking up. Munster found a way out a couple of times. DC with those three outlet passes. They just found ways every time we thought we had them mm. to get themselves upfield. And they had a lot of love, obviously, playing down uh, that right-hand side. Felice Cafusi, I thought, with Munster was outstanding. They did a, a real number trying to get at that left-hand side and help Pong, get Ponger into the game. Mm-hmm. But Nathan, he's going to have sore shoulders because Felice just absolutely bashed the shit out of him. Yeah. Uh, but he was great defensively in the first half and he kicked quite well. So uh, all things even, yeah, I thought, yeah, there were some points left on the table by both sides, but Queensland probably the better of the two. Yeah, and they, well, they were down 8-0. Yeah, and that oh, was the crazy part about mm-hmm. it. So, uh, you know, look at the players, talking about who was good. Like I said, I thought the halves, thought Felice was pretty good. Uh, Ponga was kept quiet and for New South Wales Tedesco and Cook led the way with Clemmer who's played the whole Clemmer first 40s Clemmer was yeah, outstanding and then outstanding, Murray yeah. laid on like we said had some nice involvements and I thought Morris involved himself quite well in the first half too yeah. which surprised I thought Jai Arrow was good for Queensland defensively yeah. uh, interesting Queensland only used two subs in the first half a double change Narper on Arrow off off and Gowie on and Papali off yeah, so they only changed their middles where New South Wales went Haas on Vaughan off Crichton on Frizzell off, Murray on Trebojevic off. And uh, I think significantly there, Clemmer didn't get a spell there. Clemmer needs a spell there. At about the 30th minute, I think in those two subs that Brad Fittler made at the 28th minute, one of those needed to be, needed to be Clemmer off uh, and probably... Well, I just, I just look at the bench and, and think... And I said this, I, I wouldn't have picked White and I would have had an extra middle on the bench. Um. It just to be able to give Clemmer a spell. So we're going to go into the second half now and I'll talk about some of these substitutions because I've, I've documented all of them and it's interesting reading. But well, I'll put that's it... one. Like, if you're going to be critical of what he did second half, you need to look at what he did first half. And 
even if, I'm not saying he probably he sh- definitely shouldn't have used another sub um, in the first half, but I, I, I don't know. I, it's I really really struggle. He, he got his bench on, which is good, apart from Whiten. So I, I like that fact. But getting Frizzell off, like unless Frizzell was injured. Well, this is my only question. If you're going to pick two back rowers, I basically want 80 minutes. Like to carry a back rower to rotate. Because unless... for me, that sub is that that subs where Clemmer should be coming. Yeah, up. and you push Frizzell into the middle. Or, so or push Trevojevic. If you can't up. if you can't use him that way, and he was busted, and that didn't happen. Because we, we spoke about that in the preview that Trevojevic would need to play some time at lock, and I'm I'm not sure he did. Not until the back end of the game, well, when when he when he said on Channel Nine last night, Fitler, I'm referring to. Uh, said that, you know, I thought I'd, I'd get our faster, smaller, littler blokes on the field. So, and to me, that's okay. You can have your smaller, faster players out on the field, but if there's no ruck speed, no quick play the ball's being generated, it's impossible for them to have an impact. Mm. And and you're basically nullifying your biggest strength, which is Damian Cook on the back of a quick play the ball and Tedesco on the back of Cook off the back of a quick play the ball. So I, I really think we got our wires crossed and just our game plan just lost its way there at about the 30th minute. Well, the only thing I can say as far as next game, like the whole back row swap thing only works if Frizzell goes into the middle. Like well, you said, I tell you, the other way it off. works is if you put Crichton on, bring Frizzell off, but later on, if you're going to you're going to put Frizzell back on, bring Cordner off and just roll those three back row, so you're saving yourself a sup. Mm. Well, he basically it's... burned one, and, and we'll get to the halves thing, but he burned one We burned two. Well. But... Second half, in all honesty, I didn't have to write down and document a lot. The first half, I had a lot of little moments I could talk about, as I've already spoke about multiple times down that edge. The Napa one through the middle, their halves kicking better. Uh, you know what they generated, maintaining Ponga. But second half was all one way traffic. Mm. The only good ball opportunity within that probably first 25, 30 minutes of the second half was in the first couple of minutes. We exchanged sets. Murray had a nice run. Maguire put the crash attack on him. We got a penalty, moved down into good ball. Murray subsequently drops the ball. And from then on in, we basically didn't get our own half. Mm. And the difference is what I got angry about and spoke to you about last night, and it's been the same since the start of Origin, I guess. I don't understand why we don't fire up kind of the same way they do. We don't bring the same kind of ruggedness and energy and intent and just that little bit of dogginess. You're right, because Phil, Phil Gould, that was one of the points Phil Gould made late in the coverage. You, We were obviously watching the game together, and you'd gone home, but Phil Gould said that. I get so angry we, every we year just, about We that just life. lacked any aggression. He said their line speed was twice as quick as ours. Uh, I've got a good mate at school, uh, very experienced footy coach. First thing he said to me this morning. They just built us in the they second said, half. Our, their line speed was just way better than ours, and they were more aggressive. So Their forwards wanted to stick it to us. Their outside backs were mm-hmm. coming in off the edges. They were getting two and three in. They well, like you say, that, that's been going on for a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, but why do, we need to adopt some of that as well. Like, All right, no yeah, argument My, my biggest thing, again, is both as ex-players as well as the coaching side of things, if someone's going to throw the gauntlet down, especially being in the middle, I wanted to give it back. I don't just cop it and go, I'm doing my job. I agree. You know, like, if we're going to get in that kind of arena and, you know, that one's got more passion and more intent, it's not just going through the motion sometimes like a club game, you mm. need to find more. Yeah. Like, you're in their backyard. There's plenty of intent. There's plenty of fire. There's plenty of passion. They're, they're laying down the gauntlet. F- fucking meet them halfway. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't do that. Uh, we were running one out. We are getting picked off. I thought some of our outside backs tried hard. Tedesco was looking around for some forwards. As you were saying, we didn't have any size on the field, so we didn't really get going. Their second stint for their front row rotation was outstanding. We did a good job on Papali and Arrow the first half. Their second stint was brilliant. Papali in particular, some of the contact, he had a couple of bell ringers. His carries were excellent. Felice Cafusi, as I said, 
played his best game of the year at Melbourne. He's been a little bit quiet playing outside Brody Croft this year, but he was in everything. He toiled. He dished it out. He had that great tackle there where they hit Morris and dragged him back into in goal. Some people could question that, but watching it again today, I didn't have a problem with it. They uh, got him in, in one spell motion. Their kick chase was better. They killed our set starts. We had a period there where we were basically making 15 to 20 metres a set, and then the second part of that comes down to our halves where mm-hmm. they lost control of the game. Nathan, unfortunately... Couldn't find himself in the right spot for play five kicks. We had Corden to kick one. We had Cook take a desperate run from dummy half under pressure. We had a two pass where the players had clearly forgotten. Um, Cody Walker, I'm happy to eat my hat on that one. I, I pushed his wheelbarrow because his club form was so outstanding. And again, I, I much like Latrell, I don't know where his head was at, but he didn't seem to find himself in the game unless they forced the ball his way. He didn't mm. seem to call the football, want to own the football. Um, it was quite disappointing in all honesty. Because I'm sure when he goes back to club, when he has his combinations, when he's got his players around him, he'll play great again. But whether it was being in that environment, being around those guys for a short period of time, not trusting those guys on the edge in attack, I, I don't know what it was. But the big thing that stood out to me, and I just said it as we walked in, uh, if Kiri was there on that left edge with a couple of those Roosters teammates, I think we're a lot better off on that left-hand side. Yeah. Whereas they, they, they didn't seem to trust each other on that edge in attack or defense. Defensively, like I said, people were calling for his head on that. I don't think he was bad defensively. But in attack, I don't think he called for the football. No, and that's that's fair. I... And Latrell again, like I said, the halves disappointing. <clears throat> um, yeah, the the halves look good, and highlighted this in the preview also that when the forwards go forward, and you know that Cook's going to roll out, the half that drags the halves up onto the ball. Mm. As soon as the halves needed to go sideline to sideline, mm. and there was no quick play the ball generated, and they needed to, to create something themselves, it didn't happen. Yeah. It didn't happen. Or, so, like I said, at the bare minimum, take I think control of the kicking game. Fatty Vaughan, a lot of the stuff he says I disagree with, but the one thing he said last night was that the New South Wales halves were playing not to lose, whereas Queensland's halves were just playing the whole game, attacking us. And I, I agree with that statement. I, I thought 100%. it was... Munster came after us all game. Yeah. He broke multiple tackles. He was constantly running. He was always a threat. Um, you know, they, they threw different shapes down that left-hand side. And for the most game, I thought that edge that they wanted to attack did very well. Mm. Morris, Cotrick, Cleary in particular was outstanding when they got Crichton over there. He missed a few tackles, but none that were too critical. The only time they got us was a mistake by Josh Morris, mm. where Josh Morris came in in front of Nathan Cleary, completely turned his hips in and created a number, where Ponga threw a nice pass there and they just slipped outside Cotrick. But uh, that was the real difference. Like There was almost nothing for me to look at for almost 20 minutes there. From the, about the five minutes into the second half, they just pinned us turned us around, kept us in our own half, gave us absolutely nothing to work with. They kept rolling back upfield. We couldn't control them. They got some second phase. Uh, Dave Vafita, when he came on, he's two or three offloads, and he was dragging people into the rucks. And then we killed ourselves. Tedesco, unfortunately, came up with an error um, that led to a repeat set. Then after that, we had the incident of Latrell Mitchell again involving himself and getting put in the sin bin. We, we seemed to navigate ourselves quite well through that and defend quite well for 12 men and Oh, then we got, I think it was Cherry Evans through that bad pass. Mm-hmm. We got the ball back. We had the charge down six again on top of that. So we've had two sets in a row. Then we got ourselves a penalty and you're thinking we might get through this like last year and put ourselves in a position here somehow against all odds to hold on, which is what we did. Uh, I think it was game two last year. But Jackie White, and I, I thought he had a few nice yardage carries when we were in trouble trying to get us going forward, which is all well and good. I didn't agree with that substitution because to me that basically tells Cody Walker right then and there that you've hooked him. And you've lost confidence. In and you've lost talent. the game. And, you, you know, you've put all of it on one half, which I, I think from that perspective, I would have rather just play for the 80 and lose. 
then burn him right there. And like you were going to talk about the substitutions, but Jackie Whiten, when he when he skipped it outside there, when you look at it on replay, Terry Evans had him covered on the inside as well. So I know, as you were saying, he'd already looked out at the sideline and thought he had the number, but Gagai was already parked in the line. Will Chambers got him the legs. DC was right there. So they were going to clean that up. So, you know, God bless him. He, he thought he was there, but it, he didn't need to throw that pass. No. And subsequently, after almost somehow surviving all those bullets they'd fired at us and they were raining down Hellfire and Brimstone defensively, it's another intercept, which Val Holmes got to last year. And like, there seems to be an intercept in almost every game where Queensland take it the other way. It mm. never seems to be a New South Wales intercept, but Dan Gagai, what a play. And what a player in origin, off the wing, to have so much influence on a game, his yardage work, his defense, his effort. He just goes to another level. And I'm not knocking his club form, but like I just think on, a, on the last couple of years, if you watch him play club, you go, yeah, he's all right. Mm. Well, he's playing okay, but I don't... He doesn't play with the same passion, does he? when he puts a Queensland jumper on, he just... He's something different. He's a bit, a bit eight miles-ish like that. He's something different, but... That broke the back right there. That was the game. That was straight after. Because it's, it's, it would have been very easy there. Look, I'll, I'll be critical of Whiten here. He floated across field, got the 2v1, and then went to play the play the play uh, to the winger, but turned his head, took yeah. his eyes away from the defender. If he had his eyes up and used his peripheral in order to draw and pass, he would have been able to see that Gagai had come up and had that gamble. Dummy. And, you know, you go through on his inside shoulder. Does he score? I don't know whether he scores or not because the cover defence was there. Mm. But you could at least poke through past Gagai and then hit your winger or just go yourself. Well, worst case scenario, he gets tackled in field, we play the ball and, and, and away we go. I, it was, yeah, just we, we really, from your really, really basic fundamentals of coaching, they got that wrong. Well, they put the nail in the coffin next set because they rolled 50 metres off the kickoff after points. It's 12-8 at this point. Um, you know, it wasn't a great defensive set. We got the trail back on the field. Tedesco comes flying back with the ball and drops it. Mm. So, again, why he had a fantastic game, he had two errors that were critical timing-wise. One led to the set that got the sin bin, and then that one led to the next try. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they got possession straight back, back-to-back back there. They went to that edge again, and they just did a good job early of finding us out. We kind of were heavy on numbers in the middle. Cherry Evans, who I thought had a really good game, threw a nice outlet pass just to get early ball to Ponga. Those edge players were kind of tucked in again, and he had to come up with the absolute perfect pass. It was somewhat of a four-on-three, but we had enough room to release there. And Dan Gagai again, he couldn't have navigated any better. Ado Carr came in the jam. Latrell released and got to the outside, and he placed it, you know, centimetres, millimetres in the touchline. And two tries, back-to-back sets, the error on the back of that, and, the, and the you know, the intercept pass, like, yeah, at eighteen eight, you were just like, it's definitely over now. Yeah, we gassed out. Anyone that was on the field was gassed out, having to go through that period of getting bashed and having to defend, and almost spending twenty five minutes just racking out of your own half. As you said, we couldn't get anything out of the halves. We couldn't get a kick. We just couldn't find it. No, and it was quite disappointing. And then the interchange side of things, like you said, getting white and on and taking Cody off to me basically signaled that you'd given up on him. Jack throws that pass. I, I, when I saw Kotrick go down a couple of minutes later, I thought if he would have just stuck with Cody, regardless of what was going on, and shown a bit of faith or maybe sent a message out, when Kotrick would have got injured, I would have pushed Morris um, probably to the wing or I would have and then put Jack out in the centres and reshuffled somehow that way mm. if you wanted to get him in the game instead of leaving Kotrick out because only a tiny thing, I don't think they mentioned this last night, but the last 20 minutes after Kotrick tweaked his knee, all Cherry Evans did was kick to him to set starts because they knew he wasn't going to bring it back with any vigour and he didn't have the leg drive. So they just kicked him, buried him in the corner every single time and whacked up. And it worked out great for him. Every time we're coming out of a corner, 
we had to waste a play or two to try and get ourselves back centre field, and we struggled. Yeah, we really did struggle. And then the interchange of Clemmer, like, well, you... Clemmer only playing ten minutes in the second half to me after playing a full yeah, forty on, he played, and coming off a rest. He played eleven minutes and he played the first eleven minutes of the half, where the game hadn't slipped away from us at all. Yeah, but he had you a rest, had... so let him go for twenty if you're going to. No, I agree. Well, through. no, you go back to the first half, and this is why I made that point about the first half. He should have came come off basically at about the thirtieth minute. Is the perfect time. Because and then you can keep him off for say the first minutes. fifteen minutes of the second half, Roll put him pass. out there, and he finishes it. Yeah, I, it, I don't know. I, yeah, to and like me, you it's, said, we needed because size. whether a lot, I saw a lot of comments around. Well, they should have brought him off with five to go. It's that's that's a waste. That's of change a waste well. of a change. You need ten minutes from minute. a coaching perspective. Half time is an interchange for every one of your players. And that's it's a rest. I don't understand why he played ten minutes. So in the you half. never ever really in the in the first ten minutes and the last ten minutes of a half, you do not want to be making substitutions unless you absolutely have to, have to. absolutely have to. And unfortunately for New South Wales, we just got our interchanges wrong. Taking Walker off and then putting him back on basically meant that we were operating with six interchanges for the game. We used three in the first half, second half, Vaughan on, Clemmer off, White on, Walker off, Trebojevic on, Haas off, Frizzell on, Vaughan off, Walker on, Corner off. So at no stage there, apart from in the 51st minute, did we roll a front rower out on the field? No. And so you're, we you're had, also we had disturbing needles. defensive combinations and you're putting smaller targets out there for people to run at. I, I'm all for... In the a... last 10 minutes, you brought your captain off. Yeah. It's crazy. It I... is crazy. Angus Crichton for me had to come off. That had to be Crichton for mm. when Cordner came off. All right, he cocked up. Whether he wants to admit it or not, yeah. it was Laurie Daly level fucker and, and from interchange. When he interchange said like, I felt we needed to get our best attacking players on the field. It's like the problem is you had them all out there when we're getting bashed at the start of the half as well. Like you had the smaller players out there. You took yeah, yeah, and that, that's the point. Front row off. You, you, you left have... out a nineteen-year-old front row, and we had you know Vaughan come back on after ten or fifteen minutes. But we needed. Probably both our big boppers, or or two of them, on at least at the same time in a dominant period there, and clamour of all of them. But had it's the also, most effect. yeah, it's also about understanding possession. Mm. When you've got possession, it's okay to have those little players out there because you're essentially running out of fatigue defence. Yeah, and we'd lost momentum. We'd lost momentum. We we were losing the battle of possession. We were losing the battle of yardage. Yet you're rolling smaller players onto the field, and which Frizzell. aren't going to enable you to get out of yardage. Yeah. And Frizzell is another one who you can come in and have a dirty And therefore, okay, so you can't get out of yardage. So what are you looking to do? You're looking to kick long and be effective with your defence. Mm. You then kick long, and we've got smaller bodies on the field who are getting rolled over by their outside yeah. backs. The, we we just nullified any advantage we had. And we didn't kick effective either, though, because we were coming off flat play the balls in their lines. But that's the point, yeah. Like so. it's, we you, sort if, of just left gonna, chasing our tail. If you were going to combat it, you definitely would have had clamour, and you would have got Frizzell back on earlier, because Crichton's not going to take a dirty carry like Frizzell is. Frizzell is used as an extra middle for a reason. And his last 10 minutes, he went absolutely berserk, but it was too late. Um, and the sad part for us is when we did... I'm sure they took the foot off the pedal a little bit. They put him by on. We both thought a little bit too early to get him involved in the game just because he'd have to sit down for 72 minutes. But once we got those couple of guys back into the fold, um, we found ourselves rolling downfield. Mm-hmm. Played five. Cody Walker put under pressure. Comes up one of those plays that I was hoping to see earlier in the game with a football in his hands. Beats a man who rushes at him. Laid a nice pass off to Murray's club teammate who then beat a couple of defenders and put Jake over. 18-14 after everything that happened, I still couldn't believe all that close. Yeah, and you want to talk about interchange fuck-ups. Kevy Walters thought he'd won the game, rolls, um, Moses, rolls and Moses and Bai on. And he put Fafita straight back on. And then he panicked at the 76th minute and put Fafita on and brought Arrow yeah, off. To get another middle. 
It was fresh. So he dodged a bullet there as well because if New South Wales score and win that game late, which it looked like Latrell Mitchell was about to. Yeah. What about that play? He would have been getting absolutely slaughtered today, Kevy Walters. And again, another one of those plays where they got it uh, on a nice shift. Cody Walker throws an outlet pass. They've got a two-on-one. Gagai kind of held, and the trail goes down the sideline. You thought, we're going to steal one like they've done to us for so long. Mm. Uh, Ponga comes across, hits him with everything, and still... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get thrown off, but again, Gagai there. Matt Gillette, excellent cover defense by those two. They hold up. They shift to the other side of the field. Crichton gets halfway through a gap, throws an offload back inside to Nathan Clear, and I think Benny Hunt and Moses Zimbai are there to stop him. So mm-hmm. they threw some stuff out in the last couple of minutes. But I think the other thing that bothered me, I know we didn't have any dominance, but at no point did we show any urgency even when we're under the pump to try something with the football when we're in trouble or try and get ourselves down that end or you know try and just do anything. We realistically were completely in submission to the second half to them bashing us. Yeah. Um, and I think at the end of the day, that that's the sole difference in the game and their halves. I think their halves took much more control inside 20. Uh, they had a makeshift nine who I thought did a really good job, Benny Hunt. He made 50 tackles. He was pretty good there. Some of his passes hit the ground. He's going to have to work on that. But his ruck manipulation, his service with the forwards, I thought was pretty good. His 40-20 was almost like a Cameron Smith kick. That was an absolute corker. Uh, Ponga obviously found his way into the game in the second half. They adjusted those shift plays they were running at the left edge when they got Kotrick. They did that wraparound, which brought Morris in. Cherry Evans' kicking game. People were saying they thought he didn't play well. I don't know what game you're watching because I thought second half. And for the majority of the game, he controlled things. He kicked well, threw some nice passes. And, yeah, I think the man of the match was well-deserved as well in Dan Gagler. Oh, massive art. The intercept effort, um, a couple of his runs, his yardage work as always, the finish that he got at the end, 270 metres. I know you can put 90 down to that run, but their yardage work, again, is one of those things they pride themselves on in these series victories. Even if they've had the smaller back line, they're just so good in yardage. They just rip in. Mm-hmm. But I think on their side of things, nothing needs to change, really. Um, no, well, they won't make changes. I, I think they probably could look at some changes. Like the Moses and Bai, is that going to work? Like he's been demoted to the bench this week for the Tigers. Well, if you want a utility, I, I, I look at it and go, okay, he played a bit of nine a couple of years ago. But, yeah, if you're just going to force it for the sake McCulloch's of it. McCulloch's now back whether you you know you want to go back nah, to McCulloch and then get play Hunters at 14. No, I'm just spitballing. I, I'm not sure, but... Uh... The only change that I could possibly see them making if they wanted a nine for a nine is if somehow Jake Friend was healthy by game three, but I don't think he is. Mm. Other than that, I think they pushed through. David Fafita was great in his stint. His couple offloads, he got involved in the spirit of the game. He was hard to handle. He offloaded. I thought offhand Gowie just did his job and Napa did his job as well. They brought on, they carried hard. Um, they weren't anything outstanding, but they got what they needed out of their bench. Yeah, they did. And they were obviously... Uh, you know, second half playing with all the dominance. But the big thing is, as a whole, they just dug in for one another. We looked more as some of our parts. Yeah, People were trying to do their own job. We didn't seem, as we said before, just find that extra little bit that they have. And that was, to me, at the end of the day, that was the difference. The second half was just them killing our set starts, teeing off and us, getting off the line, pinning us in their own half. Their kicking game was much well, better. Well, the difference is when, when they had dominance, 
They could Queensland has scored 18 points. When we had dominance, we scored eight points. Mm. So Simple as that. Yeah. Uh, as far as New South Wales, people calling for all sorts of changes already. People blowing up about Reynolds not being in or having the club combination of Walker and Reynolds. Walker and Reynolds, whether they're in last night, don't change anything. Because no offence, as we said in the preview, Reynolds isn't going to defend like Nathan Cleary did last night. The the one that hurt was um, Luke Cleary being out. And that's what we said before. The the left-hand side being predominantly those Roosters players with Adokar outside the trail who he has a relationship with, I think we would have played more to there or taken more risk with Tedesco sweeping to Kiri, et cetera, and having that combination. That would have given us an outlet to that side and those players having played with Nathan on the right the year before. Yeah. So Kiri at the end is probably the best option we have there. Adam Reynolds now, everyone calling for that change, can't happen because he's now got a fractured back. I think Cody Walker, Freddie Fittler has basically signaled to me his intentions by taking him off the field. I don't think he'll be picked for game two. No. So that leaves us with everybody's most hated New South Wales halfback, I think, in Mitchell Pearce. If Mitchell Pearce plays well the next couple of weeks, I think we need a dominant seven to come in and play. There you go. And people call the atrocities of the past and blame it all on him. That's I still think that's a crock of bullshit. We had Robbie Farrar running his own race. We had Fords that weren't doing what they were supposed I'd, to do. I'd happily have Mitchell Pearce back in. If if we need someone... I, I, like Nathan, you can all complain as much as you want and say he didn't kick well the second half, but he put up some pearl bombs the first. He defended, defended really, well. really well. Leave him on that side of the field because you know they're going to hold down that side. But we, we need somebody. And if we can't have Kiri and if Adam Reynolds is out, well, who is there? Who have you got? Pierce. Well, it's either he's stick with Cody Walker or that's about right. Yeah, we're but at. if you're going to stick with Cody Walker, then, let him let him be who he is. The only other one is people are calling for Maloney oh, God. to come back in. And I, I can understand, again, that we talk about taking risks or doing what their halves did, which Maloney certainly would have taken some risks. But defensively, again... Uh, the way they treated that right-hand edge last night, I think Cody Walker did a better job defensively than what James Maloney would have. I think Angus Crichton's got to go. Tulu, I'd bring well, in someone like Josh Jackson. I'd then push um, I'd push Jake Jaboyevich up to the front row, uh, use him as your middle rotation, and you know at least Jackson can cover you at back row and at lock. I don't think... Um, I've just had a brain fart. I don't know, mate. No, Crichton. Sorry, Crichton can't cover front row. Well, the so, one for and me... And he can't cover lock. If so you, if, if you want a middle... If he's an out-and-out back rower, do we really do we really need an out-and-out back row? I'd rather well, have Jackson there, who I can potentially play at lock and, and at back row. Well, the only other one for me... I'd was fuck Whiten off as well. Was, what are we picking Whiten for? I, I don't... Ever since Queensland brought in this fad lock, they had Matt Bowen as their 14. Everyone's got to have a 14 in origin. Well, you still, don't have to have a 14 at origin. I still, Pick fucking Madison, I, like you said. I was about to say it again. I still prefer Madison. I understood the, the at idea. At least you can cover multiple positions. I understood the idea in the end if they were looking to cover fullback, no, wing, centre. You don't, you don't need to. But when they hooked a half for a half oh, and basically told God. one that we've quit on you, you go out there and then he throws an intercept because you put the game in his hands with 20 to go and put all the pressure on a game. Like it's both ways. You put the pressure on two first game players yeah. to come up with the result. Um, so, yeah, the, the Maloney theory, I get where people come from. He would have played, you know, loosely and he's got that goldfish memory and he doesn't care. But I don't think last night that would have changed the way Latrell Mitchell played outside him. It would have probably straightened up Boyd Corden and they might have put a bit, a little bit more football there. But, yeah, I, I think he's only just come back to club football. He made some errors, gave away some penalties the other night. I think he'll be considered by Freddie, mm. given what happened. But right now, our two options, given the injury situation, Kiri not playing, Adam Reynolds being out, I think... Cleary's definitely going to be retained. The question is now, is Maloney coming back in to play with Cleary and we trust who won us last year or do we go with the form of Mitchell Pearce? Pearce. That's what people are going to argue about and they're going to lay the boot into both of them. 
Uh, but other than that, I'm with you. Probably the only other thing is... Pierce has won five men of the match awards in a row, hasn't he? Yeah. The only other one is the bench, like you said. Um, Madison, as much, again, as he plays in the back row, is well big enough to play Matt, in the Matt Lodge, For me, Matt Lodge needs to come in as well. Well, McLean's got to be considered. I think he's four in the last month. So, either... so one, of, one of them. One of them has to be on the bench. So we can roll prop, If prop, you want to get bigger, prop. full stop, you put Madison in the jack spot because he can play lock, yep. back row, half spot. Drop Crichton. Bring and then front row. if you want to pick someone else, you're either looking at Finucane to play as purely as a middle, you're looking at McLean to play purely as a middle, or you're See, looking... even Finucane, I say, go back on what I said about Jackson, okay? At least Finucane can cover back row and lock. Yeah. He could play front row. Well, he basically plays why, front row. Why didn't he get anyway. picked to start with? Because Freddie was apparently in love with him. Going to pick him and... But my big never... thing is... But we fucking pick Jack White. If Frizzell's not healthy enough to play a full game in the back row either, or you can't roll him to the middle from the back row, like you said, I don't want him in there because it's a wasted interchange. He can only play one position. Or from the bench, you need to measure the players on your bench via their versatility and their effectiveness and impact over a short period of time because they're not going to play 80 minutes. So the only argument would be if we went that heavier set side, if we lost... You know, I heard Freddie say, oh, I always pick my bench players to know that they're going to play 80. Like, okay, but how often are they going to have to play 80? Yeah. Well, the, like I, you, I, think, I think there's an argument for that, that they need to have the capacity to do so. Yeah, like it'd be nice, but it's got to be what impact are they going to have when they get on the field? Well, the question is, like I said, if you go with that heavier side with Madison as the utility and an extra middle or an edge back row, the only thing is if we lost a winger or a centre, is the cover-up. So you're talking if Frizzell is one back row and Corden is the other, could you push one of those guys to the centre or is Madison go to the centre and you push the centre to the wing? Yeah. And if you go to a fullback, well, then you've got to push probably a winger. I don't know. Either and a Kytrick or someone else. You need else to work to backwards. You need a backwards map. They need to work out what their interchange plan is going to look like. Well, that's what, are the, what do they want to do? Between, and then pick a side to fit it. No offense, but between Brandy, Freddie, and Bedsy, like they haven't done club coaching or a lot of coaching well, on that level in general. They're know, all great players, but aren't they? Yeah. They're all good blokes. And I know they've done 16s and 18s. And they need players. a professional coach yeah. and they're helping them out. That's the one thing I was going to say. For as good as they are around the camp, building the culture and doing all the right little things. Every one of these Queensland sides, Melbourne Inger included, have had a Seabold, a Neil Henry, Michael Hagan. They've had a club coach in there to probably help out with that side of things. Mm. So it's probably a good idea to get somebody on board. They've got Craig Fitzgibbon, who's getting plenty of raps doing his job at the Roosters, but I think more of that's come from Trent Robinson. And that's no knock on Craig Fitzgibbon, but again, we generally tend to associate players with the clubs they're at. Look at all the Melbourne coaches that were given plenty of raps. Uh, Michael Maguire obviously went to England and Seabold and a couple of guys have been successful, but there's also been a few other guys that have gone out and not done so well. David Kidwell has been to a couple of clubs, still hasn't got an opportunity. Kearney's gone down at a couple of clubs, so you can't just associate because, oh, he's with Trent Robertson, he'd be A, B, C, D. Mm. But anyway, end of the day, Queensland, outstanding. Gagai, well-deserved man of the match. Munster was dangerous every time he touched the football, um, even though I thought they did a good job on that left edge. Right edge, Chambers was plenty fired up. Um, Cherry Evans, game managed well, kicked well. Hunted. We've covered it. Let's move on. I'm just saying, a lot of the question marks we had, you know, done their job. Ben. I hope uh, the listeners followed me in, under six and a half. There was a few that messaged through social media saying they got on. So yeah. Benny Hunt get on. did his job. Um, yeah, and Ponga definitely got himself involved in the second half. So ticks all around for them. New South Wales, like I said, forward pack. I thought it was steady enough. They did their job, but second half, muffed up the interchanges, got caught out, halves didn't take control, and Latrell Mitchell, very, very disappointing. Absolutely non-factor in the game. I know, like I said, bits and pieces had happened, but um, he needs to get whatever he needs to get sorted out before game two because we definitely need him, and especially him and Addo Carr, to be defending a lot better than what they did because we got our pants pulled down way too many times on that edge. So changes, 
possibly gone over it. Possibly the half spot, possibly a couple of bench spots. Yeah, let's see what happens. And also injuries. Yeah, injuries we'll between now and then. But Queensland, great win, great win. Moving on to round thirteen, Boxhead, and uh, looking at these games and some changes. It's going to be hard to tip for obvious reasons. We don't know who's going to back up, and who obviously isn't going to back up. We do know only for one game, I guess, so far, which is the Newcastle game. Pretty sure I heard earlier on that Callum Pong is definitely not backing up. He covered 10 kilometres last night and played a decent part in that game, and it's only going to be one day rest in between. And David Clemmer is 50-50 at the moment, but if they are going to play him, they're going to have to play him off the bench, probably in a reduced role. Hmm. For Souths, uh, it looks like Damian Cook and Dan Gagai and Cameron Murray are all likely to back up, and they've got James Roberts, but Adam Reynolds is out with that back injury, and Cody Walker is not going to play. Why isn't Cody Walker going to play? I don't know. But they reckon today that he's going to pull out as well. He's lost Cody Walker, it says here. Mm. So from their side of things, they've lost both their halves before this game. Uh, that's going to leave probably Connor Tracy and maybe Adam Dewey, who was named in the reserves. Or if not, he can play Bailey Sirenin as a six and push him in there as well. But I'd assume the halves pairing is going to be Connor Tracy and Adam Dewey. Forward pack intact, and then Sam Burgess is going to have surgery next week. Mm. in between the buy rounds and their buy on the standalone weekend. He's going to be out for about five weeks. They reckon he's going to miss two to three games, if that's the case. Newcastle, without Ponga, the talk is Edric Lee will go to fullback or Kurt Mann will go to fullback and they'll bring Mason Leno into the halves. They lost Denny Levi, obviously, after his ankle injury. So Connor Watson's going to be playing in the nine position. And as I said, David Clemmer, if he doesn't back up, uh, they've got a bit of cover there. So who are you tipping in this one? Oh, God. I'll go, uh, I'll go Newcastle. I think purely because both the halves are out and I don't know if Cook's going to play a full game. Sam with that bunk shoulder. Uh, it is at A&Z. It is a shorter turnaround, but the less affected side is Newcastle, even though Ponga is absolutely critical uh, to their team. But um, Souths are carrying a heavy burden at the moment, so I'm with you. I'm probably going to go Newcastle. And Mr. Gossip, he's also on board with the Knights, brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate and the odds for that game, $1.62 favourite RCR Sydney, $2.30 for Newcastle. Minus 3.5 is the line. 1 to 12, South 285, 340 for the Knights. 13 plus South 330, $6 for the Knights. Second game is West Tigers versus the Canberra Raiders. Moses Zembai. He's uh, named here to start at fullback, but from what I've read today, the talk is he's been benched or demoted to the bench and he's possibly being looked to be pushed out of the club altogether. So Michael Maguire clearly making his presence felt with a well, couple of players there. Yeah, that's with thinking that they're going to get Dallin. Yeah, well, still. So he'd he, go to one and where does Mbai play? He only signed a massive extension last year, so I'm, all I'm getting at is... The, yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. The few players they want to I get agree. rid of aren't going to be easy to get rid of. And then you of. just play Mbai as your 14. That's probably what he's thinking until Marshall retires and then... Maybe next year playing by as your six. I, I don't. I don't know. The other one is now they're talking like I so said. The other night Reynolds is the one I'd really want to get rid of on that huge contract and the injuries. But his him, injuries, Packer, they've got some big money tied up in a couple of players that I've brought to the club, and he's given a lot of them the tap on the shoulder. But I don't think many of them will get full freight picked up. So well, they won't. If you want to do a rebuild, it's kind of hard if you're going to push money out the door and have to pay on top of it. That's, How long's Mbai got left? I think Mbai only signed a brand new deal when he transferred. Was it last year? Wasn't he? Mm. So if only last year, I'm pretty sure it was a three or four year deal. So he's got well, two or three years left. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Packer and Madalena, I'm pretty sure, are four year deals as well. So you've got two more seasons left. Reynolds is a four year deal. This is only year two. So you're talking two years almost for every one of those players left. Mm. 
So it's a difficult situation. Who are you picking? This one. I'm going to go the Raiders. Tigers at Bank West. Minimal changes uh, on the Raiders side of things. Who have they got? Papali, I reckon, will back up. Well, we, we're spitball. You, you're never going to know. Jack this should back up. Nick Kotrick's under an injury cloud, obviously, after going down with that knee. So I'm going to go with the Tigers, not with a whole lot of confidence. No game this weekend will be with a lot of confidence. The Raiders have definitely punched above their weight with all the losses uh, as far as players that they've had so far. But the odds for that one, the Pro Sports Syndicate, a eighty favourite are the Tigers and their first game they're playing at Bank West as the home team, not the bloodbath they copped against the Eels at the opening. Canberra Raiders, $2, minus 1.5 is the line. 1-12 to 12 Tigers, $2.80, 315 for the Raiders. 13-plus Tigers, $4, 425 for the Raiders. Warriors Storm. Uh, over in New Zealand, talk is that the four Origin players from Melbourne all flew out immediately today. So all possibilities of backing up. If not, the cover that they've got there uh, at the moment is Justin Olam, Pat Kafusi, Albert Vette, and Shandor Earl. So you'd assume Olam would go and play centre, Earl would go to a wing, and Kafusi's brother and Vette would probably go onto the bench if they were looking for any relief. The other one they are looking at was Billy Walters potentially being pulled in late, if possible, to cover for Cameron Munster. But I'd assume, given the way they've listed the team, that Ryan Pappenhausen would push to fullback and they'd put Hughes in the halves, mm. if that was the case. For the Warriors, obviously, unaffected. They have nobody in origin. Ignatius Parsi comes back. Blair moves to Lachlan. Lachlan Bird drops back to the bench. And Jazz Tafunga, he's off the bench. I'm pretty sure he's suspended. Tavita Sato is filling in. So who's your tip in this one? Storm. I'm going to go the upset purely because I'm not sure if those guys will play and it's a tough trip to make but hoping obviously that the Storm win that game Mr. Gossip he's on board with the Storm as well the odds for the Pro Sports Syndicate $1.57 favourite are the Storm two forty for the Warriors minus 4.5 the line 1-12 Warriors three seventy two eighty five for the Storm 13 plus for the Warriors six twenty five three dollars for the Storm Sharks and Para at the prison the only player who played Origin is Josh Morris, and he is not named, so he's going to be arrested. They've got enough cover there. Clearly, they've got Bronson Sherry and Josh Dugan in the centres. Matty Moylan's obviously back at fullback. The halves right now are Kyle Flanagan and Chad Townsend, but on an extended bench, they have Wade Graham and Sean Johnson, who are both expected to return on the weekend. As far as Parramatta are concerned, again, no one played Origin. Same team as last 17 that won last week, and Nathan Brown is part of an extended bench potentially to return. At the prison, though, only one player. I'm going to go the Sharks. You're on board as well. And Mr. Gossip, clean sweeping for the Pro Sports Syndicate. A dollar fifty-three for the Sharks. Two fifty for Parramatta. Minus five and a half is the line. One to twelve Sharks. Two ninety-three eighty for the Eels. Thirteen plus Sharks. Two eighty-five six fifty for the Eels. Cowboys Manly, a difficult one with all the injuries up there in North Queensland. Michael Morgan pushes to fullback now that they've lost Jordan Carhu to injury. So Asiata and like Clifford. That. Stay in the halves. I'm assuming he's definitely going to back up. He had a pretty quiet night. Um, other than that, still got the forward pack intact. Maguire's named back up in the front row. McLean, Cooper, Hess, Tamalolo, and they've got a debutante, young Ruben Cotter, who's come through their system. I'm pretty sure he's an interchange hooker. He's had a couple of uh, bad ACL injuries. They've touted him heavily since he was 17 years old, and he gets to play this weekend at home. Yep, Cowboys. So good opportunity for the young bloke. On Manly's side of things, Tom Trevojevic returns after a long layoff. Cherry Evans and Jake Trebojevic are included in the reserves, but we're not sure if they're going to play. Moses Suley 
is back. Brendan Elliott is back to the bench to make room for Turbo and Jack Kazuski is starting with Corey Waddell suspended. Cowboys. Cowboys. I'm on board as well. Morgan uh, not playing as big a role. Maguire, he's tough enough to back up. And if not, he'll play more of a limited role. And it's up there in North Queensland. Hard game to come back to if you're Tommy Trebojevic. And I don't know if the other two blokes will back up. After big games, Mr. Gossip, he's solo. He's on the Eagles. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.74 for the North Queensland Cowboys. They're the favorites. Manly Seagulls, 208, minus two is the line. 1 to 12 Cowboys, 283, 20 for Manly. 13 plus for the Cowboys, 375, 75 for Manly. Broncos, Titans, the lineup for this one. I think everybody is basically expected to back up. McCulloch is back as well. Tommy Flegler is back in the side after a finger injury. They've got McCulloch on the bench. Turpin retains that starting job. No surprise there. Carrigan goes back to the reserves list with Flegler back in, and he's named all his origin players, but we know that Joe Offerhengiao, he's not going to be playing after that deep leg cut. He may not play for the next two weeks. As far as the Titans, there's been no big moves. Broncos. Jai is returning at lock. Whitbread Stockwell to the reserves. And Nathan Peets is back from a pec injury and apparently the ports during the week. This is the last chance for Ash Taylor, which has, to me, been one well, chance just, too many. Uh, I've just been notified that Ash Taylor has taken personal leave. So he won't be playing? So he will not be playing. Okay, well, there you go. Everyone's on Brisbane. No surprise there in the Pro Sports Syndicate. They're $1.37 favourite. Three ten for the Titans. Minus 8 is the line. 1 to 12 for the Broncos is 2.9450 for the Titans. 13 plus 2.40 for the Broncos. 7.50 for the Titans. East versus West. Penrith Park Sunday. The Penrith Panthers up against the Roosters. Kick out and Wade Egan return. Liam Martin moves back to the bench and Mitch Kenny is dropped to the reserves. Campbell Gillard's been named to start for Tim Grant, who is now retired. Um, so leaving room for someone to take up a spot in the top 30. Pretty selfless, Brock. By Tim yeah, it's Grant. Interesting, interesting that they're allowed to do that. Yeah. Harmo Sello takes... I suppose he got, he got injured, but... Yeah, well, he's basically done for the year, so I think he's, you know, bailed out. They can put a young kid in the top 30 that they can use, I guess. Harmo mm. uh, Sello takes Terrell Fumano's place on the bench, and Nathan Cleary is in the reserve. So not sure if he backs up, but last week, Luai and Maloney didn't work too bad together. For the Roosters, uh, Tedesco, Cordner, Crichton, Latrell have all been named, but I think they've said today that Boyd Cordner struggling with an ankle and unlikely, and I, I don't think they'll play... Tedesco, in all honesty. I'm also not sure about Mitchell with what's happened during the week with what's going to happen there. Jared Rhea Hargroves is suspended. Luke Keery's obviously going to be out for that four to six weeks. Um, so there's definitely there's a fair bit on for the Roosters. They've gotten to the point where Drew Hutchinson, who used to beat the Dragons, won't have season come back, has been pushed into the starting halves with Cooper Cronk. Mm. So there's possibly going to be some very late changes here. Ryan Hall's in the reserves, Lindsay Collins, Sam Verrill's the hooker. Um, not sure. Roosters. Quite how this is going to work out. The Roosters. I'm very tempted to tip Penrith, even though they've been we'll garbage it. at home. But I'll stick with you on the Chooks. But if you're ever going to beat the Roosters, if you're Penrith this season... Penrith can't beat themselves. This is this is your best opportunity. Because there's no Jared. I don't think there's going to be Tedesco. Maybe not Latrell. We obviously know Kiri's missing. Uh, I, I'm just not convinced. Penrith's got fake form at the moment. They beat up on Parramatta, who were dog shit in the worst game of the year, and then they pipped home against Manly, who were playing without a host of their better players. So I'm not, I'm not convinced at all by, by the Panthers' form yet. They, they knock off the Roosters. Even even still, the oh, Roosters got players out. I'm not out, taking form out of it. I'm it'd just be saying... three, three sort of 
fake-ass losses, in my opinion. So, I, I don't know. If you're missing your fullback, you're starting half. The, the beauty of when Penrith are... It, the, well, the whole beauty of, of this for Penrith is when they're facing the Roosters. Because oh, they're, they're away, be origin-affected, injury-affected. But the thing that, that worries me about, from a Penrith perspective, about the Roosters is they've already lost two in a row. They're not going to want to be dropping this game. So... I expect the Roosters to turn up with a good attitude regardless of who runs out for them. Well, again, if you're missing three of your spine, front rower and a couple other guys, you're never going to get a better opportunity than Penrith Park on a Sunday I afternoon. Agree. So I was tempted by it, but I'll go with you, like you said, off the back of that, but it would not surprise me at all. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, Mr. Gossip, he's on the Roosters as well. Panthers outsiders, 275. Roosters, $1.45, minus 6.5 is the line. 1 to 12 for the Roosters, two ninety four dollars for the Panthers, 13 plus, two sixty five for the Roosters, $7 for the Panthers. And the last game of the round is Dogs versus Dragons. The only player that played Origin for the Dogs on is Monday, yeah. Dylan Napa on the long weekend. He's named in the reserves, and there's only one other change. Adam Elliott switches places with Fitala Marana. He's going to start Fitala Marana back to the bench and linked to the Dragons during the week for a possible move for that money they've got left over. Mm. There's plenty of players that have been linked with them. Reese Martin's been linked no, with Mez. them. Mez, there's been a lot of players linked. The Dragons look nothing like the team that took the field against the Dragons two weeks ago. He named all three players to back up, Frizzell, Hunt and Vaughan. They get the longest turnaround, so it's highly possible. And given their situation, I'm sure he's going to push for them to play. Mm. Um, and among the extended reserves list, we'll see how they pull up after. Matt Dufty returns at fullback. Zach Lomax goes to centre with Tim Lafayne out with Sinismosis. Jordan Pereira dropped to the reserves, and Corey Norman makes his comeback. Jai Fields named at halfback but could make way for Benny Hunt. Blake Laurie goes to lock for prop with James Graham out. With that fracture, Luciano Leilua has been named to start at lock. Sims and Host will start if Frizzell and Vaughan are rested. This one, I think, given the way things have been going, I'll, I'll stick with the Dragons. Dragons. And Norman coming back in is a big plus. He takes a lot of pressure off. Benny Hunt, Matt Dufty, I watched him play New South Wales Cup last week. He did absolutely nothing. So I think with the injuries, uh, he was moping around a little bit. Let's hope he has a big game to return this weekend. Now he's back in first grade. But for the Bulldog side of things, lacking points. Uh, Napa playing or not playing obviously helps out in the middle. But I just, yeah, I don't know where the points are coming from. Mm. Really don't know at this point in time. Clean sweep again. Gossip, he's tipped the Dragons as well. They are a $1.65 favourite, two twenty five for the Dogs. Minus three and a half is the line. 1 to 12 Dragons, 285, 340 for the Dogs. 13 plus Dragons, 330, $6 for the Dogs. Do we want to do a best bet with this round? Yeah, well, I had one for Origin. So I'm going to go, I'm going to throw a couple here. What have we got? Jesus, a few. Oh, no, that's next round. Right, scroll up for us, man. What have we got? Um, wow. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you going to go? Well, I'm going to go a few out there this round, I reckon. it's. Um, I'm going to go the Warriors straight up at 240. Yeah. Not, again, not with a whole lot of confidence, but no origin players at home, those guys travelling. If you, Again, you're not going to get Melbourne at a better time either. Mm. That's the best time to be getting Melbourne. Off travel, two days, turn around. Uh, I'm really tempted by the Sharks. It's not so much the dollar fifty though, it's more the winning margin. What do, you, what do you mean? Well, yeah. I think they'll give it to Parramatta. Possibly, or if not, win one to twelve. But I think they'll win that game. Yeah, I'm going to go. One of mine's going to be Sharks head to head and over thirty eight and a half total points. Uh, over thirty eight point zero, which is two seventy five. And then I'm going to go. Where's that double gone? I'm going to go the Broncos minus. Eight 
0.0 over 40 and a half at 320. Boom. Yeah. Get in line, ladies and gentlemen. Get in fucking line. Whenever you think that's when you just... You cock up some. Just throw a bet out there, mate. Look, mate, I'm just... I'm sitting here and I'm going over a few games, Brock. Well, I'm going to go the Broncos, just dollar thirty-seven into the Sharks at a dollar fifty-three. Yeah, good bet. So I don't know how much I get. Well, I've gone those two, but just with the overs as well. I'll well actually, that. no, Broncos have gone with the line, haven't I? Oh, yeah. I get two dollars ten. That's okay. So I'm going to go the Warriors as the outsiders because they're not origin affected. Then I'm going to take the Broncos and the Sharks to multi up. All right. So 210, 240. You've got the Sharks uh, to win and the game to be over 38.5. And, and you've got the Broncos minus the line of eight and over 40.5 for the game. That's right. There you go. Two Thank best you, umpires. Thank you, ball boys. So, when are we going to record next week? Because I start West Tiger stuff on. Tuesday well, night. So. From now on, we're going to have to start doing Mondays. Mondays, I reckon, being. for four or five weeks. And our tipping is going to be dreadful, but, you know. Tipping shit anyway. Just tipping in the dark. It's what we do best. We usually do better for some reason when yeah, we tip we in do. the dark. We do. Just start getting random, but big my, thank you. My tipping here is better than when I tip. I can change it at kickoff. So work that out. I have no idea. Big thank you to the Pro Sports Syndicate. Keep your eyes out for their best bets and the NRL total package. Uh, 14... P- Profit units for the year so far. Their best bets last night, they went one for two, Box said. They picked the unders, and they had New South Wales, who unfortunately couldn't get the job done. So one of two there. Keep your eyes open for that package. $100 discount for all our listeners. Follow the link. Look for their best bets. Still half the season left. Get on board with the boys. And also a big thank you to Penrith Soul Centre. Who did um, Gossip tip for Origin? Oh, We tipped Origin, didn't we? Yeah, he went New South Wales by 12. Tedesco first try and Cook man of the match. Yep. I went New South Wales for Oates first try, which would have been the case if he didn't put his fucking foot out. Yep. Uh, Tedesco, man of the match. He would have been close to one of our better players. I would have given it to Cook for New South Wales. And yourself, Queensland by one, Fox first try, and you went Munster for man of the match. Yeah, Munster would have been second. I think he would have been up there. Uh, him and Cherry Evans would have been up there. Ponga yep. would have been up there. So, yeah, going back to a neutral venue. And as I said, Pro Sports Syndicate, big thank you. And Penrith Soul Centre. He said a couple of people have got on board. Good time to get on board. Get in before summer. Talk to Jake and the crew there. 1800 20 29 30 to discuss how they can make you the real winners this season or www.penrithsolar.com.au. One last thing, Brock. Where's the updates been for the bench, the NRL CEO? I think I'm on top still. Yeah, you are. You're winning. Winning easily. Yeah. It's a different format. It's a weird, weird time of the year because of Origin, so it fucks up all the fantasy. It is a different format, just though. It is much up, harder to score, like we said before, so you don't get all these blowouts, and same as we always like to do, draft competition, so we can't have the same players. Yeah, the bench, nrlceo.com, get on board. Yeah, get on board with that. Quite enjoyed that this season. It's made it a bit more it's difficult. It's been, been a lot better, I think. It's good. Puts a bit of stress on you. You have to pick yep. each week. need to reach certain targets to be able to get points. Makes it a lot closer. You do, mate. It's very good, mate. We didn't really get the buzz in there, mate. I look forward to tonight. I'm sure there would be an NRL fix 360 on Thursday. Am I right? Are they We've doing... got an origin review tonight, mate. Oh, there you go, mate. And then the Matty John shows on after it. Okay? After our review, we can watch their review. And then there's another review. Mm. And then there's going to be an NRL review, mate. I hear that Peter Beatty and Todd Greenberg are going to review the review. Mm. And then Laurie. Laurie and Freddie should sit down with their fucking Crayolas and create a master interchange plan. Yeah, Fair dinkum. There you go. Good times. Rightio, move on.
You can tell we're both tired and a bit off the rail today. But I'm not off the rail at all. I am. It didn't surprise me at all last night. Oh, I'm not surprised either. Like all. I said, the big difference at the end is probably the stadium and the home ground advantage. They yep. got behind them. They fired up. So good on them. Game two, a couple of weeks away. Club football origin affected. Let's see how the results go this weekend. Good luck with your tips, everybody. Hope you enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.